What is the power of training in martial arts? Well, in today's episode, our special guest is my friend, Fraz Azab. Join our conversation as we share what's possible when you empower that warrior within. Also, we talk about how veterans are treated and what it's like to be in a war-torn country. Stay tuned to his inspiring journey. You won't want to miss it. Hello, you are listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. I had the honor of being on the show with Shay and wow, how authentic she is and how much I know that she wants to keep hope alive in the community. So thank you all for joining. And everyone here today, I'm offering a special to all active duty or retired military to my all access on-demand training where we learn how to dream, believe, and achieve our best life. Please visit at timlanefitness.com and I'll see you all soon. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power Investing in People. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into treasure. Check out my new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change on my website at shaysparks.com. And while you're there, feel free to connect with me on all my social media links, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And today, our guest is a special guest because he's a good friend of mine who I've known for a while, um, the dear Fraz Azab. Did I say that correctly? Fraz Azab, yes. Fraz Azab. Fraz (laughs) Azab. Okay, great. No problem. Well, welcome to the show, Fraz. We've known each other. I just looked up five years. Really? It's been five years? Wow. I, I, I always get surprised when people tell me how long they've known me or how long they've been my student. And I'm like, really? Sometimes I, I really uh, lose count. I, I don't count. So, yeah, it's, right. uh, it gets interesting when people surprise me with those numbers sometimes. Well, and I trained with you for that first year and then I had to quit because of my own injuries and shoulders. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. you've always just been such a dear friend and, and I appreciate it. Likewise. mentor. So I thank you. And for those of you who don't know, Fraz Azab is the owner of the Warriors Academy KC and chief instructor of the Krav Maga program. He has worked in forensics and has is a member of teams dedicated to caring for violent patients in psychiatric wards. He has been a bodyguard for celebrities and worked as a security supervisor for nightclubs in Miami and Kansas City. These professions have provided Fraz real-world experience, utilizing his knowledge and physical skills developed in his martial arts training, giving him an array of principles and life experiences that make his lessons unique and applicable, and I can definitely attest to that. From a young age, Fraz was exposed to martial arts and never stopped. His training includes judo, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Filipino martial arts, and he is a black rank under Nicholas Hughes and Krav Maga, who I had the opportunity to meet, guys. So I can't wait to talk about more. He is <laughs> he has competition experience in Muay Thai, and am I saying that correctly? Muay Thai, yeah, Muay Thai, yeah, Muay Thai. That's correct, yes. 
and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, earning the title of the 2012 Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu National Champion. Along with his knowledge of hand-to-hand practices, Braz is also certified by the NRA for pistol and defensive tactical shooting. You can find out more about him at warriorsacademykc.com. And he also has digital training videos available at effectivesselfdefense.com and search for Krav Maga Fraz Azab. And soon I'm coming up with my online classes coming up soon. We're working on that. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been a long process, but uh, um, you know how I am. I'm OCD and a perfectionist. And my best friend, he's the guy that films it. He's also the same. So you put both of us in. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. So we did the project, a couple of things come up uh, that stalled it a bit, but I think it was for a reason. Then one day I sat, looked at it. I was like, let's can it and redo it again. Um, I'm going to post clips of it sometime this week on my Instagram, just because I've, I've, uh, I've been blessed, honestly, with what BJJ Fanatic have invested in me with effective self-defense. I mean, BJJ Fanatic is the mother of all martial arts um, online um, stream. And it was DVDs, yeah. but since COVID, there's only streams. And they open divisions and they open effective self-defense, which as I am one of a part of it. And I'm one of the few that gets going there and film at their studios. And honestly, I have students in Japan. I have students in France, Canada, Chile. Um, I'm getting all kinds. Um, they'll message me about it. And it's just great. I just never knew my reach can expand that much, you know, mm. and um, lately now with the, uh, um, just the news, especially, you know, with my father's passing down, he's a very no guy in the Middle East. And just the news of me coming back have opened a different avenue down there for me that mm-hmm. all the people down there just there's been demand for what I do. So it's it's time. And I think this online we're doing a, we're doing a very unique online program that nobody has done before. So I would just say that. <laughs> so. Well, I love that you're doing this because I, for one, because I cannot be at the classes when you have them and do the training one-on-one because of my own injuries. I love yes. watching it because I can remember my body remembers how to do the moves. So for those who are listening, who are like, what is this Krav Maga? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> are they saying something else? So please, Roz, tell them what Krav Maga actually is. Well, Krav Maga was founded by Imi Lichtenfeld. He is a Jewish from Yugoslavia, just like my grandmother, but uh, her family immigrated to Austria. And Imi Lichtenfeld was a founder of the program. He was um, a wrestler, boxer, but actually was an acrobat at his dad's circus. And Imi, um, to, to get it short, instead of giving the whole history, but this system was founded during the Nazi time. So if you think about it, the Nazis were targeting the bakers and the butchers. Think about the concept. Obviously, that's where food is at. Right. And he would get a team to fight back and start training the people. But there was a time somebody challenged him. And I think what I, there's a lot of conflicting stories. But one of the stories came up was some guy was a Japanese jiu-jitsu guy mm. and challenged him. And he kind of figured out, oh, there's some other things out there that I got to figure out. And I'm just gonna, I'm just being the short story of it, to be honest with you, because this can go forever. Yeah. And he assembled a team and sent them to learn arts or people know art and literally compiled all the arts that was available and took its and pieces of each art, the birth of Krav Maga, which is basically mm-hmm. combat contact. Krav Maga is a hybrid martial art. It is an unarmed combat martial art from the military. It is, you know, 
some of us do the tradition because we are, some of us are martial artists. I do the bowing no matter what, the discipline that some people don't do that. They train it as a military and go, go, go. I am fine, but I also believe in the martial arts discipline. This is a martial art. The founder is a martial artist before became a combative teacher. So there's an argument out there, which a little bit irritates me being a traditionalist. And I think you understand, even for what you do, discipline is factor mm. in everything we do. And when I feel you water down discipline and that respect, it goes. And it's not me saying I am almighty. You have to bow to me. You, you've been in my classes. Mm-hmm. But I want the respect to the art, to understanding why we're doing this. We're not here just to punch up. Yeah, some people look, I'm getting here a sweat. Every person is different, but I need to understand, teach them that this has been brought to us for a reason. Mm-hmm. And when Amy did it, because of the times they needed to fight back. And then with the founding of the state of Israel, Amy taught the Israeli military and it became their um, art, martial art, which now has spread all over the country. I mean, it started here. It's been here. It never garnered fame until actually Jennifer Lopez did that movie enough. Yes. And in that movie, she was training to fight her. Well, I don't know if he was an ex-husband or a husband. I forgot that movie, but he was, yeah. she was in a domestic abuse, mm-hmm. married to a very rich guy that was just, I mean, this is a very, I do believe there has never been done a movie like that till now. And I wish they would, because that movie, that time have showed the ugliness of domestic violence and yes. terror and how standing up does change that. And unfortunately, it bothers me as a person that stands for women rights, stands for women to fight against abuse. Why did we stop doing that? Mm. Why have we stopped the awareness? Why did we cut Hollywood from bringing this to the scene? Yes, you want to make it a movie. But you also have hope because I know a couple of people sat down and there was a girl maybe sat down that saw that movie and was like, that's me. I need to get out. The movie was called Enough for a reason. And... um, it's, uh, you know, you know how passionate I am about this. I, my grandmother is a survivor of a domestic violence. My mm. grandfather was a very terrible human being to her. And she is a Holocaust survivor. Right. And it was because of her, I do what I do. And mm. till this day. And uh, we tend to forget. And it bothers me sometimes. And I remind myself, yes, I am teaching people. Yes, it is a business. But also, there is a reason for this. And unfortunately, in the society we live today, we really forget our why in a lot of things and everything. I would say the same when, you, and when I was in culinary school. I loved to cook. I hated cooking after <laughs> I started serving people. Right. But then I remembered, why did you do this? Mm. Because I liked it. So I stopped making it for business. And I started doing this. And I don't want that to happen to me in martial art, but there have been days. But luckily, I have. My social media has helped me. My online uh, courses with the effective self-defense have totally helped me. It's almost like mentally have helped me. There is people out there Mm. that needs this. Keep doing what you're doing because you understand you've dealt with people. There's times what you were doing for a living before in the past. Do not underestimate that power of helping somebody look good. How much that is so therapeutic to make that person sitting on that chair and you're taking care of them that just brings so much joy and forget everything going through. And I bet there are days you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm dealing with this person. <laughs> yeah, and definitely. Our, our, our wives have been diminished in this country, unfortunately. And it's sad. And sometimes people like you and I, we sometimes need to remember our why, but we also need to take a moment to get our energy back. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm taking this two to three months 
Jeg sagde, lad mig ikke det, det er min time off. Yeah, you know, thank you. There's so many nuggets I just want to pull from. I, <laughs> I lo- lo- well, first of all, we we normally start off with a with a certain question, and we'll get to it at some point, I'm sure. So, I just want to say about the Jennifer Lopez movie. Enough, mm-hmm. you know, that's really how we met was Absolutely. you are doing the um, self-defense classes every year. And like, I think what, April, March or April, and April um, for yes, domestic that, violence awareness. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I did that. I was the first to do it. There's nobody else and everybody. And again, last year I didn't cause of COVID, but I lost my wife. Mm-hmm. Why I lost my wife. It went from, I am doing this to show people self-defense is for all. You can do this. And also there's an empowerment and there's a big brother out there and there's a team and there's a tribe that would welcome you in to be a part of this. So you can overcome this last year. And then all of that, I figured I I didn't get my passion to do it again because Mm -hmm. it was too much, but nobody was willing to be part of it. And I'm like, okay, I've been doing it for, I would say six years. Last year's haven't. And this year I haven't because of the atmosphere we're in. And I will I do back, but um, I remember we're doing those and it was always something I wanted to do is go to these women's shelters and let them know there are men out there that understand this, that lived with people like this. And it doesn't mean all men are like that. And it could be led and I can empower women to be like me and better, which I practically did with my students. I graduated the first black belts in Krav Maga in the entire Midwest. Four. Yay. I mean, yes. three of them. Yeah. Yeah. And they well, like programs. <clears throat> well, I will say it's very therapeutic and healing. As we know, studies have shown that trauma, especially in de- domestic violence survivors, it we hold it in our body. And I went to that first uh, class, if you will. You held it for free. You said, bring a donation yep. to the domestic yep. violence uh, shelter, a woman's better women's shelter. Yes, absolutely. And I yes. went uh, because another friend of mine had shared it on Facebook. And so I went and I literally, Froz, I don't know if I've told you, but I sat there and I was like, okay, I don't know what this was, but I'm pretty sure I liked it. I need to do this again <laughs> because my body all of a sudden was doing things which I have to say was very similar to dance class for me yeah, growing that, up. That's what it is. That's that, exactly I, what it I is. I say that. I yes. say that. That's why I mess with the guys when I show them. I was like, you guys ever dance? And they all look at me. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be rough. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, if you can dance, you can move. <laughs> right. Well, and that to me is all it is. You, the instructor, is showing us the moves and we're re- mm-hmm. redoing it. And it was like, I totally love this. And mm-hmm. as I started to train, my grief my trauma started to peel away. And I have to share this story because it was just so incredible. Um, you had, you had mentioned uh, Nicholas Hughes in the, in the, in your bio, but he's a mentor, your coach. He comes in town for the carjacking seminar. Yeah. And I had no idea, no idea at the end of what would happen to me. I just know that I was thinking, okay, wait, I'm signing up to do Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. And then I have class on Monday. Like, really, can I really do this four classes in a row of getting beat up? Can I really do this? And when I did, yes, I did. And Sunday, see if I told you what you were going to go through, you wouldn't have signed up. Nobody does. No, but what's so crazy to me is here I am in a carjacking, quote unquote, carjacking situation, fake situation with fake guns, audience, just so you know, but I am holding a gun to someone's head. They're holding a gun to my head. I am learning how to get the gun out of their hand 
and get it pointed back at them. I literally had no idea how healing I needed that because Mm -hmm. I had actually had a gun held to my head twice. Yeah. And had I been able to, and I took my power back that day by learning that, that move that I love. That's my Jackie Chan move is what I call it. And able to get it pointed back. (laughs) The disarm move. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is so empowering. You hit the nail on the head when you said it's empowering. There is something about being able to take your power back and use it for good and not because yes. you're trying to hurt someone, which is what domestic violence abusers are. They're trying to hurt you yeah. where we're trying to actually heal. When I left that uh, seminar on Sunday, I got in the car and I literally heaved tears, like came from the bottom of my gut, came out because there was so much grief and so much yeah. therapy that just released. I've been teaching for 19 years and you know how many times I've heard that? So many times. And there's an exercise I did, and I think you remember, which I usually have women crying when I do that, when I shut you guys' eyes off. And when I see, I look at the crowd, all right, nobody got in the fight before. They don't know how. It's like, I don't know how to bring the lion. I say the lion, this and the lion out of people. And there's an exercise I do when I tell everybody, and I, you were a part of it. You came out tears and shaking. But what I tap into is the primal instinct in humans. What I tell people is like, we're all primal animals. No matter what, there's a primal side in us that will come out. And if you don't train that primal side, you will always be the hunted by the predator. You have to be a predator to understand, to fight back a predator. It doesn't mean I sit and I hunt people down. But rest assured, when I'm sitting down and I feel the certain things, which is something we open up in our mind with training, Rest assured, I'm already drawing in my head how I'm going to be gnawing someone's face off if they tried me or my child. That's literally, that's how it is. To me, it is do or die. You are not going to hurt me. You will definitely not hurt my loved one. With, with whatever way you think it is, I will take you with me. And this is the most empowering thing I give to people. And when I do that exercise, I close everybody's eyes and everybody in front of you holding a pad. And I start speaking to you in a tone. And I said, envision something you like. Envision this and envision that. And I tell you, Suddenly got dim, suddenly got dark. And I'm watching everybody's bodies change. And that voice when it calls for help, and I'm guiding you to go help that person. I was like, open your eyes now and go at it. And you guys literally hit men through the wall. <laughs> and it, I I'm laughing because I remember completely, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I made a sound <laughs> that oh, I've yeah. never made oh, before. Yeah. And, and I I'm... tell you, anybody is in front of that. You see the people and they hold the pads, they get into shock. Grown big men. They're holding and I'm going like, but a hold, you will be amazed what these five footers are going to do. And sure enough, and everybody comes out in tears and you're breathing hard when I say, stop. And you're like, what just happened? That's what you need. That moment. And it's in you. It's in you. I didn't teach anybody anything. I just lit that light open to it. That was, that was a the defining moment for me for why I needed to train because it was just like, I'm not sure what happened, but I'm pretty sure I liked mm-hmm. it. That was amazing. Remember when the people say, I just saw red? You hear that when somebody mm-hmm. says, I just saw red or blacked out, you, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I did. And this person was on the ground. That's literally what it is. I saw my ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. my, ex, sure? my abuser. So I was like, no mm-hmm. way I'm taking him down this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Uh, and, and this is, you know, what I live for. And, and, and you've asked me a question about 
what is the most empowering thing to see in people? What is the gravity case? To me, is to get somebody that, for example, I'll use one of my black rings, a very dear uh, person to me. Her name is Megan Gallant. She's now in California. She's another one that moved on. Um, she came in, and I, when I first saw her, I called her a bird. Mm, I could see Came that. And tapped on my desk and I looked up to her. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a lot of work. <laughs> she was polite and very nice and said, I'm an artist. And I'm like nodding and just watching her. I was like, okay. Now she had, I call her the alley cat when she comes out of classes. She's all like dressed and wet and t- just not easy. And she led a woman's program and she's uh, been doing great. I and, mean, you know, we keep in touch. So she's a badass. Definitely a badass. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I inspired to see. I, I've trained women fighters. I've trained women from not fighting to become cage fighters. I've trained men to do that. So to me, more than money, of course, we need money to continue what we're doing. I need to live, absolutely. But my gravitation is when I see somebody from what, and I can take them to their highest potential. And it's a lot of people think it's all physical. Yes, physical is main in this. But the mental and how people change, mm. it is the gravitation. When I watch, I see you guys start walking in, and all of you, shoulders up, nodding, talking to everybody, laughing and joking. Before everybody comes out like this, like, oh, God, what is going to happen? No, I see that. I pay attention to that. There's some that take a minute to blossom, and there's some that grasp through it fast. But absolutely, if you got your heart and determined, and there's some people, I call them HC, which is I call them the hopeless case. Because one thing, being a mentor, as you understand, there is energy we give and take. But there's sometimes there's somebody sucks so much energy that I have to cut that person off. And know that, you know that about me. I have booted people off my head. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have and I still do. Even in times of COVID, I have kicked people out. That I think they're not going to, it's not worth my time. And also I have to be understanding of the other member that needs this more than this person. Right. Mm. You so, know, yeah. I, I'm, I have to say my time training with you was just so blessed. And I'm, you mentioned Megan and I'm so glad that I got to be mentored by her and trained with her as well. And it's blessed because you, I have been to many personal trainers, workout gyms, dance instructors, all the things you can possibly think of. And there is, because I'm a hairstylist, I am constantly looking in the mirror so I can see people in peripheral vision around me. Oh, yes, absolutely. All the time. And for you, you have that gift that you can be looking forward and yet you're paying attention to the people around you where you're might be talking to somebody and then you turn and you're like, no, you can't, that's not, that's not the right form. (laughs) Don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Yep. And it's like, wow, you have such a gift. And, um, I'm just, honestly, I'm, that's one of my favorite times of my life was training with you. So I appreciate it so much. I appreciate hearing that. And, um, gosh, we've talked about your, your students, you've talked about your son. And I know that you know, for our, for our listeners, I'll, I'll share that you're a single dad. And so what does, and we normally ask this in the beginning, but we're going to ask it right now. So what does investing in people mean to you? See, I don't know if I want to call it an investing, uh, more of empowering. 
And I know those go hand in hand, but when I look at them, there's difference. Okay, l- let me take a step back to explain that. So when I look at there's a couple of things. When I see a person and I look at that person as they walk in, I'm like, do I invest my time and energy? Because do I see something in there or there's something I need to empower to fix? Mm. So do understand, we as martial artists, we also sometimes, I've had one of my mentors tell me, we are the broken wing healers. <laughs> we get the bird with the broken wing. Once the wings are fixed, they fly off. Mm-hmm. And I did not understand that much until I became to what I'm doing more, leading more as a leader position and being involved, what that meant. And it's sometimes hard to understand, but I learned that now at the age of 43, teaching for 19 years, owning my academy for eight years, that uh, there is an investment there, but it also hurts too, because Mm -hmm. there's an attachment when you put Mm -hmm. it somewhere. Because I know there will be a time somebody said, I'm moving. I'm done training. I'm not going to be here. And me, I was like, how can you do that? What do you mean? We're here, you know? But that was a stubborn moment in my life. And I understand people move on. Now I see it in my younger instructors having issues dealing with that. Now I get it. So I'm not trying to escape when you told me what it means investing in people. But I look at it. It's really, to me, there is an empowerment that I want to help this person in need. So there's that fixing, you know? And of course, when you say fix, sometimes there's an attachment to it that sounds like mm-hmm. a little bit different, like bossiness. And that's not what I'm going with. But fixing, because I see something broken, and I truly believe they need some healing and fixing with what I can be doing and just give away. But my best way, what I tell the people other than this, I get people coming in, and I have the lantern. <laughs> I hand you the lantern, and I give you a bunch of keys. I show the ways. It is which way you're going to end up going that is going to be up to you. So this is how I found peace with that part. I've gave the lantern. I've gave the keys. It's going to be up to them. Well, I know what key goes to where. This is going to be up to them which way do you want to go. So my investment comes when I go sometime in social media. And I was like, okay. So also became something. Came from this and has become accomplished. Married, got kids. Or sometimes randomly I would travel to somewhere else. Somebody said, you are so-and-so and you did so-and-so mm. to so-and-so and helped or, or somebody might be. I sometimes cannot remember. And obviously, I have literally have now had more. Um, Facebook, I call it my Facebook, but the people on Facebook are different. Um, and I try to fix that as much, but Facebook has just been a, a stubborn platform with me. Instagram has been more rewarding. And I did not know till I realized about... I would say maybe COVID or that, but how much my posts have touched people that they don't, I I used to think, is it by the likes? Is it by the comments? I have so many secret, I call them secret fans. Mm -hmm. Let me just use that. I don't know what I can give them, but it's not stalkers or admirers. It's people that don't comment or like, but by God, they will share stories with me. And I'm like, really? And would remember the post that I even remember said, okay, so this person is not full of crap. This person is singing. And it didn't, it sparked in me. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to keep doing this. And let me put my foot. And I literally have from the tough SOB veteran to the dishwasher that will tell me things I've wrote. And total, I am talking about, honestly, Shay, 
total different background, total different culture, total political belief and religion would end up said, I've said, said something or put something that that day have made it worth it for them. And I've mm-hmm. helped them. To me, that's the best investment I ever done in my life, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And I've learned there's a guy and that speech made me in tears. And I have no share with cry because I am like that kind of person. And it's, I, I forgot, but this guy won the Toastmaster. I will find the YouTube for you. He's a Saudi Arabian, one of the first to win the Toastmaster. And he made the entire building to their knees. Mm. When he said the story and then said, do understand your words could be the medicine for that ailing soul or the venom that will kill that soul. This translates to what we do in social media. Yes. Yes. It's not that social media has a highly strong impact that we have no idea. I have a mentor. I'm not going to mention his name, been always stubborn about it and never use it. So I'm wasting my time. I have made money, not, not planned, have become something like this from the place, things I wear, <laughs> from everything people give me to notary, to even reach just by using social media mm-hmm. and in the certain way. Yes, I am not everybody's cup of tea because now you know me. I am blunt. <laughs> and that's what's known about me. <laughs> I do not learn how, I don't know how to be politically correct or sugarcoating. I have compassion. I have feelings as well. I also have empathy. But I also, and excuse my French for your crowd, I do not have any re- um, respect to bullshit. And that's what you know about me. And I just don't hold back. When I see something like that, I will check that person out because sometimes I feel some people want to hear what they like to hear. I'm not that person to be doing that. But I also recognize when I see an internal bully and I will stop them at their place Mm. because I do not deal with passive aggressive. And that's what we see a lot online. And Mm. you are harming others. What is so miserable in your life that makes you go out of your way to do that misery to somebody else? Mm. It never, I never got that answer, to be honest with you. I would have the worst days of my, I have, I think I've had the worst one four weeks ago, as you know, the issues I've went through. Mm-hmm. Not even moment. I said, let me get in Facebook and make somebody's living a life a living hell. I just, I, that, not, what, I right. never can understand that concept. I, I don't understand that. What is in it? Mm-hmm. What is the thrill? I don't have, yes, I do see some people. I'm like, you know, when me and look, I'm like, oh my God, this kind of person. When we see some comments, you know, and you even roll your eyes like, oh Jesus, did I just see that, you know? But to just, to come to the point that I will fish. Let's, for example, you say post, oh my God, this is one of the most exhausting days ever. I go under, oh really? What is so exhausting about your day? And really, what was that for? Why would I do that comment? I see that. I just want to understand what is that comment for? And unfortunately, Allah do it. <laughs> and they forget. I, you know, I look around and I'm like, in the person in me, because I am a protector by trait. I'm a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And I was raised by women. So think about that. Yes, I have a father that passed away. I wasn't raised by him as much. I was raised by my mother and my grandmother and my aunt in countries that was 10 times harsher to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Yet they were leaders in front of me. And I never seen the behavior that I've seen here. And I'm telling myself, I am a kid that was raised by women in the Middle East and by an Austrian Jew in mm. and surviving the Holocaust and took me to Budapest during the communist time. And it was the strongest woman ever in my eyes. And I've never seen this. 
Wow. And that's why I'm like mind blown when I watch certain behaviors uh, in this country lately, especially lately. And you can see how it's, and I just don't understand. And to me, sometimes when we go back again to investment in people, if I can say a word or a touch or just a smile, and that made that person, that just that day in that particular moment, so much better about themselves, that is accomplished for me. And that's mm. it. But I don't seek that. You see my point? So that's why mm-hmm. I said, it's hard for me to tell you investment. I don't do that for to gratitude. So that's why I don't like using the word of investment. I feel like I'm doing this for a reason. I'm really just doing it. Yes, I can see certain people that come to my academy. I like, you know what? There's something I can do for that. That's kind of different. But I just, I don't know how to answer strictly to say, what is my investment in people? No, that was great. A great answer. And I'll flip it around and say, when was the last time or when was the first time, either way, that you invested in yourself? Uh, it's been a long time. That's why I'm doing it now. And it's what, been a very long time. And, and I have said that to my students. And what did you After, do? What did you do when you invested in yourself? I, I, I really don't even know. I mean, do you want me to say, what am I going to do now? <laughs> I mean... You know, the only time I would say I invested in myself, I would never forget this. So 2012, it's very normal about me. My wife at that time, this week, you were talking about the saw, the carjack. Not my, she's not my son's mother, um, but she was part of our life. Walked off on me, left me. I lost a job. I broke my knee also. <laughs> and Yeah. And injured my knee. Wasn't fully broke. Yes, there was an injury. And I was just shattered. And that time, my mentor was Leonardo Pisani, my Brazilian jiu-jitsu friend. I'm a godfather to his son. Mm-hmm. He said, bring your son. Let's go to Brazil. I was like, my wife is from Brazil. He's like, come to our side. Let that go. I'm like, fine. So I went down there, lived in the favela, which is the slums of Rio de Janeiro. Lived with a family of maybe nine or something in a place smaller than my house. Wow. I was the most happiest man and my son was the happiest child mm. living in a place we shared the bathroom, we shared our food, we shared our clothes, and we shared the cars to go. We drive in a car, there's nine people maybe in the car. Um, that was the most happiest. And guess during that moment, I trained and I have become Brazil national champ with a broken knee and a ripped ACL and an MCL. I accomplished that during that time. Wow. Because I detached and I just wanted to do this. Yeah. And that was the most empowering and investment time in myself. And I, it's way due right now for me to do it again. And well, you, with my dad, father passing away and everything going out, I've even, you know, I've, I've talked with, you know, some, I have, have a very good supporting tribe, but you get to know who's who sometimes. There's some people like, well, if you're not, I'm not learning, whatever. But I get to the point, it was like, c'est la vie, like in French, that's life. <laughs> you know, I, I, got, I told my, uh, my student, I got to be okay for me to teach you. I'm not okay right now. And uh, as you understand, because of what you do, it takes a lot from us. Mm -hmm. And we are energy spenders. Yes. I come from teaching a class. I sit and my sons know, like literally I would sit on my chair, either a glass of water or a cup of my good whiskey. I'll put it. I wouldn't even touch it. I am just numb, quiet. Just want silence. Take a sip and just silence. The TV could be on. I would not even know what's on just to get my energy level down again, because I had to be up, 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 up for everyone. And it took me down and I had to balance my energy. And with everything now I've been going since last year, that was like, I need a good break. And that's what I'm doing. 
So this is my investment in myself now. So I interview and my audience is to military leaders, maybe they're veterans, Mm -hmm. business leaders, and a lot of them now have transitioned into something better because they invested in themselves. Absolutely. So I know you well enough to know that something better is on the way because I know you and I know you don't <laughs> stop that machine in your head keeps going of yeah. amazing, more amazing ideas. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you tell someone who is in the position of just sitting there right now and going, God, I really need a break. I really need to do this. I need to focus my energy on something else, but I can't. What advice would you give them to maybe take that break? Do it. And here's the thing. The more you drag it, the more it gets worse. And I've learned that. But I tell you what. I am very good about manifestation, and I believe the power of manifestation. What I say, I manifest anybody around me. Um, today, my son's mother reminded me something. And this is a woman that loved me at the age of 15. So she knows me very well. We had a son together. And I was just coming from today, and she was checking on me and talking to our son. We were happy, all three of us talking. And she mentioned to me in Arabic, of course, my son got confused. We got to work on him in his Arabic. He's just such an American now. But anyway, um, she said, it's funny. I watched you from far. Everything you said you wanted to do, you do. You always underestimate that. I was like, I don't underestimate it. I'm scared of it. A couple of my years ago, I had this thing in me. I was like, you know what? I always wanted. I know I have it just to be in movies or anything. Back to back, I got gigs of acting and music videos. I got casted just now with, I don't know if I'm going to make it, to be in a short film uh, coming up, actually, filmed in Kansas City to play uh, as um, um, this woman that's uh, basically, she's getting revenge on her rapist, and I am her right-hand side mind that take her to these spots to find him and get her information about him. So that's a very good movie. I don't know if I'm going to be in it because of the timing I'm flying is going to be in the filming. They might cast somebody else. But what I'm trying to get to, I am a guy that started always loving martial arts. Came here in 1996. I did some fighting here and there. And I climbed up to become a teacher in some place and learn more. I've ended up being a bodyguard. I have bodyguarded for people that people are shocked that I do. Because everybody says, how do you know so-and-so? I've worked. And, uh, but all of this have came with me putting my head to it and focusing on making. Uh, let me get this. To, I'll, I'll explain when you ask me about if somebody wants to do it, let me simplify what I tell my students. So the power of manifestation comes in. Here's what I think the culture has a problem with. And I think teaching is the issue. And of course, there's so many amazing YouTubes and all that, but there's so much of the same thing. We are so goal oriented here that we do not understand what his goals are. We're so goal oriented and goal oriented. We just, what is goal here is the outcome which is wrong. Right. Yes. So the goal, I have a thought. I want to be an actor. That's a thought. The dream is to be an actor. That's the thought. That is not the action. So the thought is there that said, this is, the, this is how we start. Between the thought, the dream, to the actual goal, we skip this part in the middle. We think about the result. I'm going to be an actor. I want to be an Oscars. And this, this is me thinking all their crap. This is me saying I want to be an actor. Why we are not focused in the part to get there. 
When you focus on the action, I do not care what is it. You want to be a chef. You want to be the most best supermodel out there, bodyguard, fighter, best speaker out there. All of thing happens. There's one thing in the middle, and it's called action. The action itself, the tip steps to get there, you will get a result. No matter what you think, there will be a result. It could be the result you want, or it could be not. But something is coming out with the action. Not focus on the uh, the uh, outcome. Focus on the work to get there. If you say, I'm going to do this so I can be this, I'm telling you, you're wasting your time, your energy. Mm. You have an idea of what you want to be. Now get engrossed in the action. When you do that, and you just manifest your energy in there, and thinking, and just reading, and trying to say, okay, I might throw my name here to do this, or I might do you'll be amazed. I never thought in my life to be the guy that idolized so many martial art mentors and idols. I ended up being shoulders and shoulders with them. For instance, when I brought Dan Severn, this guy did a podcast with him. This is one of my, my pro wrestling heroes that became the first MMA fighter from that time mm. to win the first UFC. I brought him in my gym. Me and him became friends. I was sitting shoulder to shoulder to my childhood idol. Mm. I was 14 years old watching this man beat people up. And now I have his number. He calls me by my friend. It's just a thought. Think about it. I go back. I was this child yes. in the Middle East at 2 a.m. watching him on VHS. <laughs> I am now speaking to him to do how we do training, how we do things in the future. I his advice. He was on my podcast. And now I'm going to be on his podcast. Now, would I have dropped this? I'm 43. Mm-hmm. So Love that's it. my point. It, it, it happens. It just, it, all of this can happen. It just, if we focus, I was so engrossed in what I am doing that I never thought about the end goal and everything I thought about end goals had happened one by one. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is happening. This happened. And it's coming. Yes, I manifested this. I did the work. Yes. Wasn't easy, but I did the work. Well, I just want to fact- go ahead, though. No. No, I was going to say, I just want to add to what you're saying, because it's so like spot on of what I do with my coaching and stuff. But what I found is that it's just a few more steps about what you're talking about with the action is that our thoughts drive an emotion. Our emotion is what drives our action. And then with that action, we get results. If your results are not what you want, then where do you start? Back at your thought. You start back at your mindset and then you, that has to promote your what feelings. And most people mm-hmm. don't even want to feel the feelings. They want to avoid no. the feelings. And, and that well, is they literally want even the feeling that they want to, this is the problem. Like, see, you nailed it. Everybody have a, so this is going to give me a gratitude feeling. Well, what if it backfires? That's a feeling right there. It's like, Ooh, right. I didn't expect that one. Right. So does that mean I'm going to shut down? Is that mean I'm done? I'm going to just throw my hoodie up and say, okay, I'm done and walk off. Which, let's be honest, 80% of these people in this country do that now. Yes. I see that in students. They get one beating in one class and gives up. I was like, really? If you give up from a controlled environment, oh, I pity you what's going to happen to you in life. Right, right. And I'll go even a step further. That result, we get attached. You mentioned it earlier. We get attached to that result, that goal so Mm -hmm. much that we have no idea that it could take us, propel us in a certain way and a completely different way. There we go. But because 100%. we're so attached to it, 
it's like, oh, well, then what happens? I don't, I didn't get it or I got it and it didn't make me feel like I thought it would. So then here's the letdown. But when you would detach from it, you start to soar because again, mm-hmm. your feelings are totally different, caught up in it before it drives that action. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this. One of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> it, but it's true. Like I've seen, like see the way you talk about it. And I was like, Shay gets it. And what they, and here's what I, I could be wrong with my perception, but I see some people's, you know, questions or comments like, okay, well, this is just a white lady talking about our goals. You, you know that, you know what they say? They look at like our feelings and goals and everything. It's like, no, she is talking about something that she has experienced and knows the result. And a lot of us do say this, but unfortunately they hear it so many times that they're becoming numb. Yes. We have information overload. That is beauty. Ah, here's me. I am by hand down. I use social media, the internet to its fullest. You know why? I was the kid that was in Park University with terrible English, had to go in the library in papers and figure out where is this book to cite this one sentence Mm. in a research paper. Do you think I do not like and gratitude to the fact with one press of a button, I can get everything? Right. Of course, this is an amazing thing. We have not, we have took this for so much for granted. We have a phone that is as stronger as a computer. I am talking to you through my phone. You're recording me on a podcast. Yes. Through a phone that the same time I'm talking to you, I'm getting texts from a student. I'm getting texts from my son. I'm getting texts from this. Find something tell me your delivery just made it as we speak. <laughs> just think about that. We do not hit the brakes. If we hit the brakes, like you said, and look as the journey I am taking, I'm like, my God. Yes. Look at the avenues that I got. We have killed this. And I am so grateful in life. And I think what happens to me, always a reminder from the universe, hit the brakes and look around you. And it happened to me a month ago. And I looked at the bigger picture once again in my life. I was like, yeah, I get it. Touche. Yeah. You know, I'm but a, we don't do that. You're right. And I, I want to keep going on this topic because it is so near and dear to my Absolutely. heart. I've learned that, you know, w- you're right. I'll say Americans because you've said it earlier. Mm-hmm. We're taught from a very early age that goals are so important. Yes. And so we have what I call blinders on, right? And we get so tunnel vision focused on that goal that we will do whatever it takes. What is that they put in the horses? You know, when you yeah, see the, walk yeah, the right. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing, right? The blinders. Yeah. Like Absolutely. they can't yeah. see when to the left that, or the right. Yeah. Absolutely. Can't see to the left or the right. We can only see going forward into that tunnel. And what happens is we lose that sight of what's around us, opportunities that are around us. So you're talking about manifestation. To me, it's all about when you let go of that attachment, that's that blinders because you're expecting it to have a certain outcome. You're attached to that outcome rather than yeah. rather than letting learning from the journey, learning yeah. from the experience, we end up, we remove those yeah. blinders. And then the opportunities start to show up. And when I started so to do that, that's how I got involved in the veteran community. That's how I got involved. In oh, the- I see what you've been doing. I've been watching and I'm like, yeah, she got her wise. <laughs> and you got and, your wise. And it you happened. Your wise. 
It happened, Froz, right after my dad passed away too. My dad was a veteran. My dad was a veteran and he had served and he never talked about it. And I realized that because he had hold on to that trauma and it can now help other veterans realize their own trauma and I help them with that identity crisis that happens. I am so in love with what you do because the veterans to me and somebody said that is patriotic. I was like, please stop. And it's not not being a patriotic. I love my country. Don't get me wrong. I come from two countries and I love both. Don't get me wrong. And I love what this country did also for me. But I have a real spot in my heart with veterans because I've been around them in the wars when I was down there. And I've been around them as a combative teacher to military. And I tell you what. What I do not tell everybody think, and you would respect this because you are a daughter of a veteran. I'm a son of three wars. I'm a child of wars, not in war, was around wars. And I've seen the ugly of wars, been raised in countries of war, been seen it in Europe, and I've seen it in the Middle East. Nobody, they think that thank you veteran is enough. It's not. And I don't think it's the thank you they want. We do not listen. We do not give the hand any. You're discounted to the store. You think that's something? Not all of them care about that. You are, you know that. Right. There's a lot. It's just to sit down and talk with them. You'll be surprised. And mm-hmm. they're not begging for it. But the attention that this country gives them is not the real attention they need. And I just look over the years. I mean, what happened in Afghanistan just right now, me and a bunch of no veterans, how it just gave us the worst taste ever. And I was like, you guys have no idea. These guys don't just go there to do wars. These guys have helped people in there. Right. They think when the American soldiers go, they're shooting Afghanis left and right. I lost a friend. I will never forget the loss of this friend. And it bothered me to this day because he left the tank, saw this uh, family, an older person, all his uh, fruits got thrown on the streets of Baghdad, came to help him and got blown up. Why would he do that if he's not a human being? There's a difference between the American military and a lot of soldiers in the world. And a lot of people don't understand that, unfortunately. These soldiers develop a bond and a soul together. And they are not just there to kill people how we are labeled it. They have no idea what the military does down there. And it just disgusts me sometimes when I see even, okay, well, thank them. And I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea, <laughs> you know, what these people went through. Right. And if just somebody would sit and listen to them, just listen, just listen, go to the, sometimes the breakfast, the veterans breakfast, go help them there. Sir, just give them breakfast and just sit. You would be amazed how grateful they are for that moment. Absolutely. I get that in my coaching, <laughs> my coaching sessions. I get that oh, in yeah. my everyday conversations. You, you I see just, it. You, I just like came I back. In it. Yeah, yeah, I just came back from a veterans conference. I mean, you know, it's it's everything. Everything is literally what you said. It's literally just listening. And yeah. they, I, they, I feel it's are, just like that society we let go. Like yes. they take care of their own. Yes. Like you're one of how many helping? Let's be honest. Where's the country? Where's everybody? Where's the higher ups? Where are you, people? Right. Salute. Okay. <laughs> it's, 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 I agree. it's painful. It, it's, it's really painful. And I've had a couple of veterans as my students and they all told me, don't give me a damn discount. I'm paying. 
They tell me, and one of them told me, take off this discount stuff you put for veterans. Nobody asked for that shit. Oh, for they said, the one that asked you for a discount is not a real vet. This is a Vietnam vet friend of mine. Wow. I had my best teachers in the university were Vietnam vets. Mm. I've learned amazing stuff from them. Even in, I took military science class. My best professor was the survivor of Hamburger Hill. Mm, wow. And he was in a major documentary called Remember Me. Mm. About the military, I think in the History Channel. And anytime he would show us that movie, uh, I think it was with Mel Gibson. I can't remember the movie, but it was the Hamburger Hill moment. He would be in the corner crying mm. while the movie's playing in the dark. He had the protector, and I see him there. I, of anybody else, noticed it. And one day I had to take him to dinner and we go talk about it. Mm. I was in my early 20s when I started realizing this. And I told him where I grew up and who I've been around and how I understand this pain. So, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just that listening. That's my teacher. He didn't need anything from me. Just said, I know. And I gave him a hug. And I mm. understand. And that's it. it, it and, and now, that, that what irritates me the most, the amount of homeless veterans. Why are veterans are homeless? Mm. Why? Agreed. Why? Why? Why is our country have homeless anyway? I, I'm just, I'm still, I, since the COVID, me and my friend Dusty, We've been going out feeding the homeless. I don't see anybody with us. Nobody comes. We ask and my students will come, but nobody else goes. And I don't do it to get bragging rights. I post about it because he said, well, why we post? I was like, I want people to see. I'm not showing them that I'm Mr. Goody Two-Shoes feeding the homeless. But I want people to understand, hey, this is next door. This is right here. I'm walking off my block and there's a bunch of people hungry out here. Can you get off your high chairs and just kind of see what's going on down here? Mm. And, 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 and this is the part we lost. We do it to our veterans. We do it to a lot of people in here. Yeah. And like I said, when I start understanding, again, my why, my why is more that now than anything else. Mm. Because I started separating the need and who is in need. And I'm telling you, we have a homeless crisis. We have a homeless veteran crisis that I just don't understand how we are okay with it. How? Agreed. I, I agreed. I found myself on Capitol Hill a couple of years ago and I was like talking to them about all kinds, advocating for veterans about all kinds of things. And they don't really have an answer. They have, they push you off into nonprofits. Yeah. So speaking of, we're getting ready to wrap up, but I have a few more questions left. And I sure, know absolutely. that you just kind of asked about, you kind of hinted about what your why is, but I'm going to ask anyway. What do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? I wanted to be remembered for that when I taught self-defense, I taught self-defense with a passion that every woman, man, and child has the right, the very right to learn how to defend themselves physically and mentally. When I say this, a lot of self-defense of people act about it's all punching and kicking and slapping and all that. This is not about it a lot. The mental empowerment that it brings with it and how to protect your person. When I sit and talk, unfortunately, I'm guilty of it this past year. I haven't with everything that's going, but I've been always strong about teaching that. And it's for everyone. This is martial arts is for everybody. And if everything, anybody can want to remember me, I have made it possible for the any, I had student that was an autistic and legally blind. 
I had a student that was up to 400 pounds a lot. And it's not about saying, look what I accomplished. I want to say, if they give it a shot, it is them to own and them to be. And to me, I wanted to everybody understand that martial arts by itself is, is just not uh, a physical thing. It is a way of life and it can change everybody. If mm-hmm. you just give it the attention and the discipline, that's my passion. And that's what I'll be remembered for that. I give everything in me just to bring the world of self-defense to people that always thought it was impossible and made their impossible possible. Even if I was one year, it, this is when people say, why do you make contracts with people? I was like, yes, business, but I got to tell you something. You train with me. I need one year from you at least. When you train with me with this one year, I know in one year, if you're stuck with me, I give you enough to can help you down the road. And that's enough with me ethically when I go down to bed and sleep. And one thing I've told my students, and I, you've been one of them, I never uh, give them false empowerment. Hmm. There's times when I say, I've seen certain people and I was like, there's time for me to get out. I'm not dealing with this. And this is one thing that realism has been detached in the business of self-defense, unfortunately. And what I bring is the truth. And I want people to understand, yes, you can protect yourself with your hands, but this is more important. This is your first self-defense. I love that. And it just reminds me, he's pointing to his head for those of you who are listening. It reminds me of the phrase you always say, where your head goes, your body goes. Absolutely. Especially yeah. in training. And yeah. so, and and I have to say, you are living your legacy right now like- because I trained with you for a year and I feel... Yes, I could always be better, but I I feel it's in me. I feel it's it's mm-hmm. instilled in me. And I am aware when I'm in the parking lot, I'm aware. I don't talk on the phone, you know, all these certain certain things that we learn. But Absolutely. I also can still do my Jackie Chan. <laughs> I can still do my Jackie Chan is what I hey, call it. So. I love Jackie Chan growing up. And that would never fail <laughs> me. I love him so much. And he's just, he's just an amazing human being. Jackie Chan is he's just a different uh, a human yes. by himself. It's amazing yes. to see him and hear about him. So I appreciate that. I appreciate so, it. I love that you're, you are living your legacy right now. So how can people connect with you? You talked about your social media links. We mentioned your website yes. earlier. So please re- restate that. <clears throat> Um, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at Frost, F-R-O-S-S-T-13. Um, if you can find me on Facebook, just put my name, Frost Azab. And I got my website, Warriors Academy KC. Um, that's if you want to check us out. If you're in the Kansas City area, you want to train, that's where the website you can find, find me at. But I am very active on social media. You can hit me up, especially on Instagram or Facebook. You can send me a message if you friend me and uh, I'll be there. And like I said, we are going to be doing an online program coming up soon. So bear with me, but I'm kind of picky. So it's going to take a minute. To, I want to make it right. And you will. I know you will. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for this, by the way. Yes. And good luck for your journey. This is kind of like, wow. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a, it's a bit different than, uh, I, even four years ago when we talked, when I had to mm-hmm. call you on the phone to quit, I'm full on crying going, I don't want to know. Yes. So I'm sure uh, things are completely different on, on how I've shown up too. So, and you are a part of that because, I appreciate it. Thank you so because much. of the empowerment that I received from Krav Maga, I was able to write my first book and I just feel like it just continued to snowball. So thank you for being in my journey. That's amazing. 
I'm very proud. Like I said, you say an investment. I don't say investment, but hey, here's an investment that I want to grow. So yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Even though I don't like using that word. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. I know you've been super busy. And we've been trying to do this. (laughs) We've been trying to do this for a couple of years. So we finally made time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for being patient. And I enjoyed this. And hopefully we'll do more in the future. I hope so. And um, yeah, and if you ever do, if you ever travel with your uh, self-defense seminars, let me know. Oh, yeah. yeah no, trust me. I'm, I'm getting, uh, once I, I come back and settle, I got to see this whole injury that I got done because I can't be in action at all. Um, so once I handle my overseas, uh, um, you know, uh, my dad's estate, he passed away and figuring out that stuff. And I come back here and uh, just basically see what's going on with this. And uh, hopefully, yeah, I'll be back on the road. Sounds good. So Faraz, it's just been, like I said, it's just been amazing to have you here. And I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Phrase and mantra. (laughs) You know, there's, uh, oh my God, I I just had something in my head that (laughs) I always do. But to be honest with you, this is a phrase I I, I always... um, um, say it even uh, to my son. Um, you know, it comes from uh, Popeye. I used to watch him like, I am who I am. But I say, I am who I am, and I am living who I am. Mm-hmm. And this is what I honestly live. I am who I am, and I'm living who I am. And from all my wrongs and rights, I'm very proud of who I am. And I am very proud of myself of where I've come and I have. And I think everybody should be whatever accomplishment they have in their life, they should be very proud of who they are, no matter what. Your wrongs were there for a reason because those wrongs were to teach you. And sometimes you can't right your wrongs and you can not fix your wrongs, but you can make sure you've learned from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is my way of life. I've, I've done mistakes. Um, I've done a lot of great things. And I've done saw a couple of things. I'm like, wow, that flabbergasted. <laughs> but uh, each thing I've done, I've always been clear to everybody who I am and what I am about. And I will never differ different. And I will never change that. So I love it. Well, thank you for being you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, and best of luck. And I know this is going to be just an amazing thing you got going. Uh, I appreciate that. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, because I know you did, you probably even took some notes because Froz is freaking amazing. I'm just going to say it one more time. He's amazing. And uh, go over to Apple Podcast and leave us a five-star review. And until next time, let's get fired up. Did you know that when you share the knowledge that you gained from an experience, it becomes wisdom? There is power in sharing your voice of wisdom inside a book to leave a legacy for generations to learn from your experience. And then add collaborating with other leaders. Your legacy makes an even bigger impact. Like co-author Joe Bogdan, who shares in his chapter how being better has no finish line. He said his experience in the hashtag Firestarters book project has been nothing short of amazing. From him being a first-time author, he loved our supportive approach and we earned his trust immediately. 
If you're curious about joining the next collection of Firestarters co-authors, then join the movement today at firestartersbookproject.com.